Now Lonnie Finley's his name. Vince Eustace is his. This is hip hop. And movie news. And, and that's, that's the way it is. Well, look at what we have here. It's episode number 11, bringing you everything from Tinseltown to the Boogie Down, the home of real hip-hop, spelled R-E-E-L, because I just learned what homophones are, and I would like to use them in everyday instances. This is the Hip Hop and Movie News Podcast. I am Vince Eustace. I'm Lonnie Finley. And was that a, a reference to the movie Lucky Number 11, or was that like a reference to like something else? It is both. Okay. It is a reference to the movie Lucky Number 11 and everything. Uh, a guy I used to work with, he and I decided just to put, instead of saying seven, to say Slevin for everything. Kind of an inside joke between us that only he and I found funny, but I thought I would try and spread it to the masses. Slow days there. Yes. Slow days. <laughs> All right. Uh... We are without producer extraordinaire Patrick Pierre today. He is off doing fancy things at Skywalker Ranch, so he is taking his... He's in San Francisco, right? Yeah. San Francisco. Like, yeah, San they Francisco have, they have, treat. Uh, the, the rice is good there. Yes. That black guy has rice there. Uncle Ben. Sure. Got shot Uncle. by uh, Spider-Man's enemy. Uncle Uncle, someone. Yeah. If you ask me, making that white rice. Ooh. ooh. Hot take. Hot take. Fuego. Fuego. Uh, yes, he is taking his extraordinaire producing talents elsewhere. He's the producer extraordinaire over there, Patrick Pierre, this yes. week. So we miss him, and we will hopefully see him next week. We'll try to not screw up uh, without having someone, you know, tell us to not screw up. I think so. we're already way over time. So <laughs> onward, uh, let's get started. Hip hop news: Old Town Road, one of our favorite songs in the past. A previous week's song of the yes, week, exactly, yes. and a, a big story in terms of it not being a country song according to Billboard, but it is. And doing very well. I think it broke a lot of records. Yes. Everyone seems to love it, except for rapper Dave East. Caused a bit of stir on Twitter when he said that he thought it was super whack. That he just he just didn't care for it at all whatsoever. And Twitter just went in uproar about it. Started attacking Dave East. Started attacking his sort of old school sensibilities. Accused him of being a rapidy rap rapper, as we've discussed in the past. And then other people like Ebro, who's been known to be sort of that old school mentality, old head, uh, also kind of backing up Dave East and saying like, oh, he's supposed to hate it, you know, for the culture. And then Lupe Fiasco was like, what are you talking about? Like, shut up, it's like the song. And everyone's had an opinion on this. You and I have both really enjoyed the song, even though we're kind of self-professed older heads. What do you think of this whole Dave East calling out the song as super whack? I think to first understand what this is about, you must first ask yourself, who is Dave East? Hmm. And then actually ask yourself, like, who is Dave East? Like, think about it in your hmm. head, because some of you might not know who Dave East is. I realize that. Because, uh, like, Dave East has great songs. I'm sure you could name five right now that you know off the top of your head. Uh, I'm not knocking Dave East at all by saying this. I mean, I like that, you know, for me, the Nas, Nas is the reason why I have any knowledge of Dave East at all. And I don't know what Dave has done to really like be able to have a voice beyond just going on Twitter and sitting in your car. So, I mean, everyone entitled to their own opinion. Sure, if Dave wants to say that it's not a the song's whack, and then like, so I've got a cape on it, it's super whack. That's stupid. Just yeah. that's a stupid like, phrase. Why the emphasis on um, it? Yeah, but like, I don't, don't understand what his need to do that is 
and just to be yeah, here. I guess the problem is like I, it's like if, if he was like if someone first of all asked him in an interview in some sort of situation where he was actually interviewed and this came up, I'd be like, oh, cool. I don't know that you were interviewed by yourself in your own car. So what I'm saying is that it came out of nowhere, didn't necessarily need to be like addressed, and he decided, I'm going to address this. And then he's like, this song is whack. And like, I don't know who asked him. So my thing is that it just seemed like you're being a hater. And people are like, you're entitled to your own opinion, but if your own opinion comes to the point of like, just knocking the song just to be like knocking it, like I don't get... What benefit that offers the hip hop community, him, anyone? I don't know who who he's helping or who you know. Like, what are you doing? So I want to take a moment and defend Dave East a little bit. Just play devil's advocate. Sure. Uh, I, when you said name five Dave East songs, I, I can't do that. But I do know a little bit about him. I've heard about him before. I know he was a double XL freshman a couple years back, and I remember he was like the only he was like one of the only good ones in that class. I was like, oh, this guy's actually pretty good. Everyone else is kind of trash. Uh, I've heard him rap on Funk Flex, and he's 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 a I mean, he can rap. He's a really really good rapper. I know Nicki Minaj name dropped him in a song when she was doing that sort of uh, flip on the Biggie song, where it's like, oh, here are all the rappers I want to fuck. Uh, she mentioned Davies, so like he's known within the hip hop community as kind as of someone that Nicki Minaj wants to have sex with. Is that what you? Yes. Okay. Well, one of many, according okay. to that song. Right. Okay. And so he's someone who's kind of like that new. He's like a Joey badass type. He only has the sales as a of a Joey badass, but he's like a younger guy who's a New York guy, and he's like, look, I grew up on the golden era hip hop, and this is what I think hip hop should sound like. I, I want lyrics. I want boom bap. I want all this stuff. So I don't know if his music's boom bap. I know he's that's kind of his style. He's he's very similar to what I like. He and I are kind of aligned in terms of the same tastes. So I kind of I get what he's saying. I don't agree. I we talked about this. I like Old Town Road. I think it's a good song. You think it's a good song? It's just catchy. It's not the epitome of hip hop. It's not Shook One's Part Two. It's not like redefining hip hop that I know of. But yeah. it's just it is what it is, and it's catchy and it's fun. And let let the kid have his moment. I get what you're saying, and I agree with you that had it been an interview, then it's like, that's one thing. But the fact that he decided to, like, open up his phone, and maybe it was a live chat. Maybe it was one of those things where he was, like, doing a live chat with someone, and someone Maybe it, it was. Up. Maybe it was. It, can we just take it out of context? Sure. But, Less, but it, it does... Sure. I get why people are on him for coming across as a hater, but at the same time, I could see him being someone who... If you listen to his rap, if you listen... Like, especially his Funk Flex freestyle, he he's just one of those guys you can tell... Is someone who he's, he's like uh, our buddy Q, who just takes so much pride in just crafting like just a great rhyme and doing like compound syllables, metaphors, wordplay, everything. And so I get why I don't want to say he's bitter or jealous, but I can get why if he's busting his ass so hard to make what he considers to be great music and what a lot of people consider to be great, and it doesn't make a blip on the radar, and then Lil Nas X comes out and just makes a fairly short simple song and it just blows up like i don't think he should be hating but i get the frustration on his end he maybe should find another way to channel his frustration though and not be as negative though. i think that's really the that's my little thing i mean i i never actually said that he's he's wrong for saying the song's whack i'm just saying it like why are you saying that the song is whack like where did this come from and why are you why are you the voice that has to be like wait a second Let's stop all this momentum. What are we doing here? I get it, but I don't think that this is the this song is on the level of like a Takashi Six Nine like piece of crap where we're like, wait a second, why are y'all enjoying this? This is a horrible song. 
don't let people listen to this. This is not where hip hop should be going. I feel like there's a two different versions there that, you know, I don't know. And it's a harmless song. It's from, I don't know much about Lil Nas X, but he doesn't seem to be, you brought Takashi, so it's not like he's, you know, calling everyone stupid or, you know, I mean, we like don't, snitching on He responded to him a little bit. Apparently he responded by a little you know, bit of shade. Well, I mean, uh, I, 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 it sounded to me like he was like, oh, like this is just like, like okay, this is happening. So oh well, some people are not yeah. gonna like it. That's kind of how I took it. Like some people are not gonna like what you're doing. That's whatever. Yeah. Like I don't think he responded like in the way he could have. No, no, I, I thought I thought I I kind of liked the way he handled it because I think he's kind of like oh you know, Mike. He didn't say it, but the words like do you think Michael Jordan comments you know, on, on YouTube videos? So you think he's in the YouTube comments? Not that he would be Michael Jordan in this instance, but I thought he was making it like just a sly little point, like oh. Not going to really bother doing this, but let him know, like, hey, I'm hearing you. Yeah, sure. I mean, I said, you can't, like, go after someone's, like, pride and stuff. It's like a, you know, I, that's part of the whole thing. You know, I lived up to it. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough on Dave East. He's... Although I would like to see Davies. Hopefully, someday soon we'll have a Davies song of the week because I do think he is talented. I think he's talented, too. I think part of his problem is, like, he seems like he has, like, an attitude that I can't get around. Like, I don't know if it helps him. I'm not, he kind of feels like baby Joe Button a little bit, in a way. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Baby Grandpa Joe Button, like Grumps McGee. Yeah. Like, who just like... He'll age into it well, then. Right, but. exactly. Like, and I'm thinking, like, you know, we talk about Joe, we know, I, you know, I don't... But Joe does have a bit of like, you know, like, <laughs> I want to put you on blast. Yeah. And now we're like, yeah, but now we're talking about you. He's like, yeah, exactly. But it's just a weird, like, you know, sometimes you're like, I don't think you need to say anything here. So, I don't know. Maybe, we'll see. I also feel like Davies probably doesn't care at all what people are saying about him. So True. But I like I like your prediction. He's going to be the new Joe yeah. Budden. They should, ooh. That'd be a good, uh, Budden and East. Yes. Uh, Budden's got to come out of retirement, though. Yeah. he's Well, not to do hip-hop, just to, like, you know, talk about a show. Like, have a, ooh, like a podcast. Have a podcast. Ooh. So. I guess it needs balance. Like, that's why yeah, yeah, everyday struggle work, because <laughs> academics is kind of just, like, a lame and Bud was yeah. like kind of like speaking on what people were thinking. Right, exactly. You could be we have like, two guys thinking the same things. Like, yep, I agree. I agree too. It worked for uh, uh, men on film. True. Two stereotypically mid nineties gay black men who were reviewing movies. Oh, that's age well. On a, uh, a sketch comedy show. Uh, word. Awesome. All right, where are we at? All right. Well, moving on. I uh, would like to say. Happy Earth Day to you. Is it Earth Day today? I, I, that's what I saw online. That's what was trending. So Today's Earth Day? That's what I read. Why do I know about that anymore? Maybe it was yesterday. But it's uh, Monday. So I think today is Earth Day. That's okay. It. If I'm going by Twitter, which is how I go by everything, news, everything, today is Earth Day. As, as we're recording on April 22nd on a Monday. Okay. It's Earth Day. Happy Earth Day. Happy Earth Day. What does that mean? It means we should take time and... Uh, be appreciative of the earth. Uh, also, it means that we should probably look towards the future of how much time we probably have. Yeah. Uh, according to a lot of scientists, uh, global warming is and climate change is very real. Uh, some scientists are saying we have 12 years to really turn. We have a 12 year window to start turning around uh, mm. everything. Not that there is going to be gone to 12 years, maybe. But they're saying that we have 12 years to really start getting our act in into high gear. 
And of course, if you listen to like Breitbart and Fox News, they'd be like, ah, oh, it's all a hoax. It's not that big a deal. It's not a hoax. And none of us are going to make it. No, no. <laughs> this is all going to go horribly wrong. How this ties into hip hop. Yes. Earth Day. Is uh, a rapper you got me into, Lil Dicky, has got his celebrity friends, music artists, to do a sort of We Are the World type. Yeah. Uh, a 2019 We Are the Earth. Yes. World. It's called Earth. The video debuted. It's Lil Dicky, Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, Kevin Hart. Uh, just a plethora. Kevin Hart as Kanye. Kevin Hart as Kanye. He right. wanted Kanye. Couldn't get Kanye. Although they're friends. But just couldn't couldn't work it out. He's very busy. He's doing church at Coachella. Sure. Uh, but they did this song. It was released. All the proceeds are going to charity. And it's also supposed to raise awareness about climate change and how we really need to sort of fix things. Yeah, quickly. to like, you know, like, the earth is not going to make it if we don't do something. Exactly. Save the earth. Uh, uh, very noble message. I uh, feel that it's very important. Um, you've heard the song. Yeah. Have you seen the video? Yeah, I saw the video. Uh, takes on the song, the message, uh, Lil Dicky, the celebrities, awareness, everything. Um, I like being honest because I feel like this is the best way for us to like convey what our feelings of what we watch and how we react to stuff. Uh, which you'll find out later on in the show with another review that we're doing. Um, I, the song's horrible. <laughs> the song for me, this Earth song, is like, and I look, I just recently been like listening to uh, a little Dicky song, Pillow Talking, featuring Brain. It's one of the best things I've ever seen, video wise, and just the song is dope. Uh, this song it just feels like to me like a thrown together song where you got a bunch of people and you're trying to like pull them all together to do a We Are the World moment. But I mean, that's fine. Like, I don't. This song did not have to be really good, and it didn't really matter. It's more about the idea that, like, send people to the website at the end of the video, see how you can save the planet, and what can you do. I get that. Would have been helpful if this song was, like, really, really good, where it was like, oh, that song's a banger. Like, like, when it came out, I feel like people were like, okay, okay, we can't say we hate it, because it's talking about the earth. And you know that, but Little Dicky, it just seems like you got more, you put more time into like getting the people together for the song than really a quality song. I just don't know, man. I, it's just, it's, I listened to it, I saw the video, I think it's clever. I don't know, maybe it works for someone else. Like, if I, I'm also going to see like a We Are the World moment about saving the earth, I, I just want a little more like realism, maybe. Like, they started off the video really dope, but like showing like people littering and like little Dicky making fun of some kids. I was <laughs> I like, this is going to be a funny little thing. And then it kind of went from there to like a cartoon land of like, what the hell's going on? I get it. Budget's important. I'm, I, and I also don't want to believe the idea that, you know, these people were paid to be a part of this whole thing and some of that budget went to them instead of like the video. I don't even know. I'm just speculating that. Um, have you heard <laughs> it and seen it and, and have thoughts on it? I have. Uh, full disclosure. I like Lil Dicky fine. Yeah. It's not my favorite. Uh, it's not something I like to listen to. If he has like a new song, I'll listen to it and then probably won't really listen to it again. But be like, oh, that's clever. Like uh, the song he did with Snoop Dogg, I thought was pretty Professional good. Rapper, yeah. yeah, and he has had some other like clever ones. Like if you want to laugh, it's kind of like, oh, he's kind of just like a goofy rapper. Oh, uh, you believe he's a goofy rapper? Kind oh, of he really? is a goofy rapper. You know, he definitely is, yeah. which is fine. Like I'm, he's def- he's talented, clearly. Uh, but I mean, he, he did label himself as like this type of yeah. person. So it's not like a... uh, I also felt bad in thinking this song was trash. Uh, so I feel better in that you and then also people on the internet also think that the song is just not very good. I mean, it's, it's, it's 
it's catchy. It's like kind of poppy. It's like it, it does its job. It's just I don't know. I don't know if toothless is the word. It's it's just I feel like if this was one of the first songs he came out with, you'd have been like, "Who's this crap rapper?" Yeah. Like the fact that he came, I almost feel like I I have the internal debate. I'm like, I don't know if you were this good right now, Lil Dicky, to make such a bad song. But I get it. But I feel like I just feel like he could have done better. Now, let me ask you this: at the end of the song, Leonardo DiCaprio is like makes an appearance in the video and the song, and he's like, "Oh, what do you think, Leo?" And Leo's like. I think this is my favorite song of all time. Or something along those lines. I don't want to paraphrase Academy Award winning Leonardo DiCaprio. But he says something about, this is my favorite song or the best song of all time. And Lil Dicky was like, oh, I like, felt so good about himself. It was kind of like a little, oh, pat on the back. And I'm sure Leonardo DiCaprio, because of the message, because this is something that he truly like feels a great deal yeah, about. just listen to whatever Leo says. But at the same time, like this can't, I know Leo is a hip-hop head. Like This can't be his favorite song of all time. It's just not a good song. Like, the message behind it, yes, is great. We're not debating the message. But the song is just not very good. But I guess if... it's, I mean, it was trending. It was trending, like, worldwide. Uh, Is the message even, like... As I think about it, like, I know the message is save the earth. But, like, at one point, I'm pretty sure it's like, Hey, we like animals, and we like weed, and stuff. I'm like, they just seem like things that people like. I don't know if it really was like... Like, why is the earth dying? What is happening here? Like, really tell people what's actually going on. Not like just like, hey, we all love animals, right? Don't you love going to the zoo and seeing animals in the zoo and yada yada? We love like it just it felt like uh, it uh, toothless is the word. You, it, it felt like you can talk about saving the earth, and at the end of the video, you say there's like 12 years left to turn around the whole planet. I'm just thinking like you need to have more serious of a song yeah. about the earth than this. Like, I, you know, like. I'm, I, give me like DMX and Eminem doing a song <laughs> about the earth. Like we're just like, the earth is dying. You know, like I want to be like, and like seeing like, you know, crumbles and like cities falling and being like, this is the earth. It's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Pay attention. Like, <laughs> that's like what I want to see. And I feel like this is, I, I want to talk to Lil Dicky and be like, yo man, I've been watching your video on like pillow talking Featuring Brain, I think it's hilarious. I love the stuff you did in it visually. And like I'm 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 watching this and I'm seeing this other thing and I'm like, I feel like you let your fans down a little bit. And I don't like this about the earth because I feel like it's a cop out to just being able to do a video like yeah. this, which you should do better if your topic and your subject is so important. We should start making music that is terrible. It shouldn't be a problem for us. Okay. Yeah, uh, but also have it like an undeniable message about like mm. You know, children are the future. Let's make Don't sure. Don't touch children if yeah. they're underage. Yes. It's inappropriate. Not a really nice thing. That's actually. That's on. That's, I, I, I'm not sure you heard me. I said we have to make bad music. But that. That sounded like a smash hit. Oh, there's going to be another sm- part. There could be another part of the song where there's like a breakdown thing. So. Yeah. No, that's. Uh, all right. We have to put a pin in this. We're and come back to this because we need, that. we need to write this Because how are you going to knock that song if it comes on YouTube? Someone's yeah. like, hey, man, these guys are singing about not being pedophiles. Yeah. And it's a horrible song, but the message is sound. Yes. Don't be a pedophile. And I think that's what Little Dicky was trying to do here. Yeah. Don't be a pedophile. <laughs> that's the message of the day. That's what we... Speaking <laughs> of pedophiles. Great segue. Courtesy of Lonnie Finley and his soon-to-be hit song, Don't Be a Pedophile. Yeah. Roman Polanski 
Roman. Roman Zelensky. Yeah, the the first uh, the first uh, Roman Reigns. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Oh God, the, no. The first big dog. It used to be his yard. <laughs> no. And he would assault kids in it. God, I I have to leave now. Sorry. I no. Know, I <laughs> Roman Polanski. Uh, I'm sure people know who he is. He is a uh, Oscar-winning. Get the get credit where credit's due. He's a legendary filmmaker, Academy Award-winning director, um, who also uh, was found guilty of raping a 13-year-old girl mm-hmm. in 1978. He fled the country. He was like, "Now nah, you can't catch me." Still makes movies. Right. Uh, won an Oscar for The Pianist uh, in the 2000s. Yeah. People still work with him. And people are like, oh, I feel like now with Me Too and everything happening, people are trying to like put the heat back on him. Like, hey, we kind of let this guy get away with some stuff. Uh, so the, some aca- stuff. the Academy was like, yeah, you're right. We gave him an Oscar, but we should kick him out of the Academy because we have certain moral high ground and standards. Right. And Roman Polanski was like, you guys were totally cool with me raping this 13-year-old girl the longest time. I feel you also did not go about this the right way. <laughs> I'm going to sue to get back into the Academy. Oh. Uh, so he sued. Apparently the Academy is like, nope. We feel pretty strongly. We, we feel confident that this is the right decision to not leave back in. You get to keep the Oscar. Yeah. But like, you're good. That Oscar, no one can take from you. You did that. Uh, but you're going to remain out. So it's kind of caused, not a debate, because I feel like, no one is pro Polanski on this, but you brought up some very interesting sort of points to the whole Academy and right. Ron Polanski that I, I think would right. be best shared with everyone. So it is essentially like, I'm going to use another reference here of pedophilia. It's like the Catholic church basically being like, wait a second. We knew about what you were doing priest because we moved you around to different places. And then the priest being like, hey, why are you guys uh, calling me out for being a pedophile? Because you guys kept moving me around and knowing that I was uh, doing this stuff. And they're like, we don't know what you're talking about. We don't have no idea. We don't know what you're talking about at all. But you, you've you done some really bad stuff. So like, you're telling me that the legendary Rome Polanski, who was a part of, he's like legendary based upon the Hollywood standard of like, uh, abuse towards like women and minorities and like the psychological abuse of women and like just I mean the, the Oscars to be like judgmental of Rome Polanski after he's literally saying wait a second you guys gave me an Oscar knowing what I have done <laughs> this wasn't- why don't I film in the US not because there's bad locations just because I'll get arrested and I can't go there okay so like they knew this he has an Oscar you gave an Oscar to Kobe Bryant. Yes. And now you want me to go ahead and like have like you can't be the moral winners on this. They gave an Oscar to Kobe Bryant during the During the Me Too. The, the, me, the official during Me, the me Too, Too Oscars. Oscars. Those were the Me Too Oscars. Everyone had the and pins Kobe said, and everything. I've won and we won today <laughs> by not acknowledging what I have done to uh women. Many that you don't even know about, I'm sure. Uh so this whole Rome Polanski thing, it's hard for me to like like, this is a story that's, like, a non-story for me. Because he's arguing with them about, like, why are y'all kicking me out? Because I've been, like, har- harassing women. 
since the 70s with a lot of y'all, and y'all were there at, it was your house we were at. He's probably, someone in the cabinet, like, we do, we attack young women at your house. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about, Roman. Like, there's no videotape. It probably is real to real. Yeah. But, like, that's, like, that's a thing. So what is this argument about? What's happening here? I don't know why. Clearly, he got away with something. I mean, he sure. did. He found guilty. But he literally. Hollywood got away. He got away. He, got, he left. He ran away. Yes. Got away from it. So when people get away with something, and then people start being like, okay, we have to take some stuff from you. Like, maybe just keep quiet. Maybe just shut up about it. Like. Just you be think like, he should shut up? Rome, yeah. Like, if he's got kicked out of the academy, just be like, hey, just, you're not in jail. Just, but just lay low. Except that he already knows that he's untouchable. Because he's been so since the 70s. So in his mind, he's like, I should be so brash to sue them for kicking me out because I raped someone. That's where my life has gotten to. That's the level of, of where he is at in his head that he thinks it's okay to sue them for something that is like, dude, you raped a chick. <laughs> I also feel bad for the young woman. She's now a woman. She's no longer 13. But I feel bad. I forget. I've read so many of these stories, unfortunately, where some people want to keep bringing it up. Like victims want to bring it up because they want to be like, look, this is something that we need to really talk about. And since it happened to me, I need to share my story. But at some point, I feel bad that like every time Roman Polanski, like it was such a slap in the face to the, to this poor woman Every time Roman Polanski is like, no, I'm going to fight this. And, or when they give him an Oscar or anything happens, it's like just a constant reminder of what he got away with. And here's the thing. The Oscars allowed his film to be nominated and to be given an Oscar. Which, And they say at some point in time, they're trying to hold people to a moral high ground. Bill Cosby and, and Roman Polanski honed to these, these moral and ethical standards that they have. I'm like... When? Like, when you choose to? Because, like, you gave him an Oscar, which means that you understood what had happened. And so the same reason, like, you're, you're trying to... I, I just, their moral high ground is, like, covered in shit. Like, this is interesting. And they gave Casey Affleck an Oscar after he was accused of sexual assault, sexual harassment. Sure. Like, right in the thick of Oscar season, they gave it to him. Yeah. They didn't give an Oscar to Eddie Murphy because he made Norbit. What? <laughs> so crazy. apparently making Norbit was much worse. Have you seen Norbit? I have. It's not good. It's not good. But not good. sexual assault? Right. No. I mean, didn't... Uh, what did Gary Oldman... Didn't Gary Oldman read when recently? He beat his wife or he beat someone. Oh, he didn't sexually all. He just beat her? I think he just beats up. Oh, look, man. Yeah. Look, if you're just going to beat your wife. I mean, Russell Crowe went back to back and he beats up everyone. Right. What if, like, a girl beats a guy? Because didn't, um, didn't what's the name beat Johnny Depp? Amber Heard? Amber no. Heard. She, I she, read some stuff that she, Johnny beat her. I read recently that she beat him. And what's happening is she's done this before and, like, legitimately she's beaten other people. All, all, <laughs> all, all I've heard was Johnny. Look into Johnny this takes story. Drug. I'm sure they, I'm sure there was, uh, right. Andy Cap type situation where the both was kind of going at it. It's but. very interesting if you read it from the perspective of, like, uh, certain men on the internet who would like to be like, this Amber Heard woman must be stopped. Oh, I'd stay away from those men. <laughs> they're hilarious. No, they're the worst. Uh, uh, but I've seen pictures of her too. Like, she's, 
Getting battered. She's no, like, I, th- I think they're both beating each other is yeah. what I'm saying. I don't know. Maybe not. Anyway, this is all, um, this is the celebrity gossip moment that, of our show that generally yeah. never will ever happen. Brought to you by Norbit. Brought to you by Norbit and Roman Polanski. Yes. Ooh, can we get Eddie Murphy and Roman Polanski to do a movie? I, maybe it was a fever dream. I could have sworn they did one. Pluto Nash. <laughs> <laughs> Pluto Nash. It was Pluto Nash. It was a, oh it's a major plot. Uh, yeah, I don't like talking about Ron Polanski. Um, but it also, like, it just, it just he just highlights to me the problems that are going on with the, with the Oscars and Hollywood anyway. Hollywood's a big lie. It is. Literally, Hollywood is things where we put on fiction, you know, put on these stories. We, like, create these things. Hollywood itself is one. Denying someone something that you guys probably still do anyway. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's laughable. All right. Well, this brings us to the movie review of the week. It was a very highly anticipated film. A sequel to a cult classic on Saturday, 420. 420, yeah. MTV debuted How High 2. The sequel to the Method Man, Red Man. It's Stoner the Secret movie. of Views. How yes. high to the Secret of Views? Or the Electric Boogaloo. Right, exactly. Uh, starring Lil Yachty and DC Young Fly. Who? Is that a catchphrase? He does. <laughs> I was hoping to say who, and you would say his name again. DC Young Fly. Or you would say nothing, indicating who. Like in like who is DC Young Fly? Gotcha. I still don't know because I watched the movie. <laughs> so, uh, with the movie is not at all really related to the original movie, which is about two stoners who smoke their dead best friend's ashes, get to Harvard, and it's cause a ruckus. Uh, this movie is about two cousins in Atlanta who are trying to get weed dealing and weed apps off the ground. Uh, they end up coming across a weed Bible. And decide to grow their own strand of weed. And it is the best weed in the world. Someone steals it. And they have to try and find it. That's basically the plot in a nutshell. And there's crazy hijinks. Celebrities uh, will cameo in it. Whether they're from Atlanta. Or sort of in hip hop. Uh, There's some cameos from some old How High original cast. Not Method Man and Red Man. As they were infamously not a part of this movie. Apparently they were asked to be a part of it. Once they knew they weren't going to be starring in it, they were like, nah, it's okay. And we read the script and we're not really feeling it. So, Lonnie, um, I forced you to watch this this weekend. And what was your review? Um, first of all, kudos to Meth and Red Man for the original How High. It's, it's funny. It's one of those things that, like, it's funny and then it's, like, timely, you know what I mean? I'm not sure how well it holds up. But kudos to them for the original movie. And kudos to them for not doing the second movie. And not being a part of it at all. Um, I self-proclaim watch uh, shitty movies. Uh, a group called Shit Flicks. We, movies are so bad, they're good. You know what I mean? Like, I, I like watching movies that are really bad. I'm looking at a, uh, a copy. I have uh, <laughs> Theodore Rex. Oh, yeah, on, there it is. Uh, tape and and uh, so I, I, I'm a fan of the, the, the good, bad movie. Uh, this, however, is just a bad, bad movie. Uh, I... It was hard for me to watch it. I watched it late, I will admit. And I'd been working. I watched it late. It was just hard to get through. Um, I mean, like, if the the lead, the better actor, the lead, the more well-known person is Little Yachty. That's, I'm starting right there. So now, like, Little Yachty and DC Youngfly, like, if there had been someone who was like, hey, starring Wiz Khalifa and Little Yachty, I'm like, oh, Wiz is in it. 
Yeah. You know, like someone who's done some stuff, right, whatever. But, like, no, it isn't that. Little Yachty's the lead character in it. Um, this movie is horrible. Um, it makes, it jumps around. It's nauseating. It's stupid. The plot is dumb. The jokes aren't even funny. Uh, it's very offensive to a lot of different cultures and people. Um, the, the, the one saving grace, as we spoke about this off air, is, is D. Ray Davis. Yes. Well, I'm a self-proclaimed D. Ray Davis fan. Uh, I think he's hilariously underrated. Uh, he's always funny. Um, and is not really used well in movies. This one, he actually was like hilarious as Big Bang. Uh, the um, neighborhood neighborhood trap yeah. house owner, yeah, uh, partial owner, not quite an <laughs> owner yet. Uh, he just had some funny lines. I felt like, like you know, he was it was unscripted. Like, like there's right. no way that all those funny lines were written by the screenwriter. He had to no, no. He was like, but so I'm saying, like, if you if you're going to watch it, I almost wish you could cut down his scenes into a, a little mini movie. They should do a spinoff movie of that, of like the trap house beginnings. Yes, with like uh, look, Big Bang. Um, when Big Man was Lil Bang. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. It's, just, it's a tough movie to review because it's, it's horrible. <laughs> so, it's like, even thinking about people who, like, sat down on 420, these young kids or whatever, and they're like, yo, man, Lil Yachty, DJ Young Fly in a movie. And let's go watch this movie, which should be called, um, it should be called How High to A Tribute to Atlanta. Or, like, a journey through Atlanta. Yes. Because it's all about Atlanta. I feel like there was Atlanta references that people might get in Atlanta. I don't necessarily get in Atlanta. Um, uh, I, I agree. Do I have to give it a ticket stub rating? Uh, we'll do that at the, okay, at, at the right. end. Uh, <laughs> the uh, D. Ray Davis was far and away the best part of the movie. I feel he was kind of the breakout character, much like Mike Epps Baby Powder was in the original How High, which is saying something because Mike Epps actually was in this movie as baby powder Ooh. and it just it just wasn't good like he wasn't slapping people he kind of slapped little yachty at the end but like it wasn't the same i feel like maybe little i was like man you better not slap me man <laughs> he's like all right i won't but but i also figure a lot of these big bigger names maybe they didn't have a lot of time to do it so like oh we'll fit you in where we can and that was it there was there's so much going on with this movie that is bad i i was telling you i expect this movie to be much much worse and it was slightly better than I expected. How? Just just because I was expecting it to be... I was expecting it to, like, misfire on every single level. So the fact that I got a couple of D. Ray Davis laughs out of it. Uh, one of the clowns I had a line. I was kind of like, oh, that was kind of funny. Uh, the ending with the Back to the Future. I was like... And then, like, little references. I was like, kind of like... Hm. Like, more like... Not laugh. It's kind of like, oh, I see what they're doing there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> le- like instead of getting a zero out of 100 on a test, it'd be like getting a 10... Out of a hundred, which is still failing miserably, but like, oh, they hit some spots that I did not expect them to hit. Yeah. And every time D. Ray Davis, can't stress enough, D. Ray Davis was so good in this. Every time he came on, I actually thought maybe I would be watching a better movie at some point. But he was not a big part. He kind of entered and exit very quickly. Had they made him the main villain, this could have been not even good, but better. And I also like to say... I don't want to fool myself here. The original How High, which I love, Salt in Theaters, is a fun movie. It's very entertaining. From a technical standpoint, it's not a great film. No. It's just, it's just fun. The charisma of Yeah, but we all knew that. Everyone knew that going in. Yeah. The soundtrack's great. Like, it's just, but like, it works together. That's why it's a cult classic. This, 
maybe we're just like this isn't for our age demographic but I, I can't see this getting the same type of following that how high got I, I don't know man I, I I literally have no concept of whether or not people would like this movie I think it's horrible I don't know how people who like like if you actually know who DC Youngfly is maybe you're like watching like people go people have gone for years to the movie to see Medea yes and I have not because it troubles me to think about having to go see those those types of movies. I, just as I we've I've if you don't know, I'm not a fan of the Medea movies. Just the idea of like Medea and Ty Perry dressing up as Medea to do these things. It just seems like a kind of a you know stereotypical little like uh, flirtationy Aunt Jemima kind of thing. I don't know. I'm just not, I don't know. It's my thing. I just whatever. But like you know. People laugh at those movies. Like my my aunt was talking about when she went and saw it. She was like, "Oh yeah, I enjoyed the last one." So maybe people were watching DC Young Fly and being like, "That guy is hilarious up and down." <laughs> I don't know, but Little Yachty isn't funny. No, Little Yachty is is uncharismatic, and at some point, not even looking at where he should be looking at. No, and I remember at one point, uh, the very cute girl that he was flirting with mm. uh, called him cute. Which I had to actually literally pause the movie, sort of scratch my head, ask my wife, who did not really want to watch the movie, and came out of the bathroom, and I asked her, like, oh, be objective on an attractiveness scale, where would you rank DC Youngfly and Lil Yachty? And her exact words were, not as high as Method Man and Red Man. And I say that because, at least with Method Man and Red Man, there was a believability in that they were hooking up with Lisa Turtle from Say by the Bell and the sister from Smart Guy. It's like, oh, we get it. They have, like... Charisma, swagger, like women find them to be attractive. Like it makes sense. Yeah. Where this this girl was very attractive in How High Part Two. Oh, that's another thing. It should have been called How High Part Two in reference to the song, but they didn't. But whatever. Uh, How High Two. The girl was cute and was in the little yachty, and I just didn't get it at all. And I get like that, like guys like Seth Rogen can like get girls and movies out of his league, but they like will make movies about that. And also, he's kind of personable and funny. Where little yachty. In this movie, was neither personable or funny. I don't even care how it sounds, man. I want a girl to be like, I want if if you have a friend or if anyone is listening at this point in time, if you have a friend that says that thinks little Yachty is hot, I would like to talk. Yes, I'd like to have a phone. So some kind of way. Are, are there people who think little Yachty for me is is when I look at him, I'm like, where do I focus? You hair. It just I don't know what to look at. I told you, it makes me feel like a. Looking at a old racist cartoon from like he's not yeah. easy on the eyes. Oh, I see you did that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to have to give this movie a zero ticket stub out of three. Uh, I've only done it with one other movie. Uh, it was the Transporter without Jason Statham. Oh yeah, uh, which was really bad. Really so bad. congratulations, Transporter without Jason <laughs> Statham. You have company at the bottom of the barrel. I. And I don't know if this is done before, but I'm going to maybe create a new thing. I'm going to give this movie a go to the manager and ask <laughs> my money back because I was very disappointed. And after the manager's like, I cannot give you your money back for this film, sir. I'm going to cause a bit of a scene. I'm going to make, I'm going to take some popcorn and I'm going to push someone. I'm upset and I'm leaving theater and I'm not going to come back for a while. 
so that's my rating. Wow. So even when I give it a zero, I'm still the more lenient of the reviews. I, I don't understand. Excuse me. How are I, too? First of all, where's Meth and Red? They're not in this movie? What's going on here? I'm upset, sir. No, I do want my money back. I do want my money back. Oh, excuse me? You've been giving that popcorn. I'll push this kid down. Get out of my way, kid. I'm, I'm never coming back here again. This is a horrible theater. And you tell Maddie Johnson, stop opening theaters in only black neighborhoods. Oh, I'm going to be here. I'm getting out of here. And that's how that would have gone. Yes. Yeah. All right, moving on to Song of the Week. Yes, yes. I will say that this week's crop for Song of the Week was very competitive. I felt in the past few weeks, I've been like, I haven't found anything that's moved me. And right. found like found like one song near the end. It's like, oh, I actually do like this one. Where this week, there was just so many options to pick from. It, it, it was so much fun. So the song for a song of the week this week is by an upcoming artist named Lizzo. If you watch the Ellen DeGeneres show or Jimmy Fallon, you know that she's sort of picking up steam there. I think she performed at Coachella this weekend and killed it from what I understand. Nice. She's had her album drop on Friday. Uh, song of the week is Like a Girl. When I first heard the song, it, just when I first heard the album, everything about her just like sort of just blew the hinges off the door. Like she has such a rich, powerful voice. She sings, apparently does the flute, uh, she raps, and so especially this song, "Like a Girl," she just takes command. Have you seen Lizzo? Like, yeah. have you seen, like so she's like a bigger, uh, bigger girl. She's Which a, is a selling point. Yeah. Uh, point. Yeah, she's black. She's a little bigger. Doesn't fit society's norms of right. which is a hey, the new selling point. The new thing is not fitting society's norms. If you are different, you are in right now. And the thing that she has going for her is just unflappable confidence in herself, which is going to draw people in, being very positive, and just undeniable talent. Yeah. She is so good. And the song "Like a Girl" is it got me pumped. I'm not even a girl. And I can only imagine, like, it'd be such a big, uplifting song for women. Like, the hook being like, like, like a girl, I'ma do this like a girl, pay my rent. Have, like, dope lines about, like, the only exes that I care about are my fucking chromosomes. And just, like... Yeah. I don't know. It's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be on a commercial soon. It'll probably be on the next episode of whatever TV show featuring a lot of women. And I'm not saying this in any sort of sarcastic way. i just saying that, look, I know how this industry works. And then she... Voice, all these things that are great. Like, she's at the right point right now where, like, you're going to succeed. You should be succeeding because, and deservedly so. Absolutely. So, I hope that she goes through the whole Hollywood rung and doesn't come out, like, too uh, messed up and can continue to be who she is and continue her voice. Because, like, this song is marketable when people yeah. want to get their fingers into it and they want to get their hands on her and stuff. And, and I'm, I'm, out my brain, my brain, my brain. I'll admit, I'm very late to the Blizzo party. I heard of her, but I wasn't. I didn't really know about her until I heard the album. And like I said, just absolutely blown away. Check out Like a Girl. Check out the entire album. And you heard it from Lonnie as well. Like, you're going to hear it. It's almost going to be overplayed at some point. She's going to be... Oh, yeah. Just going to be in montages. Just, like, just inspirational things. It's yeah. going to be... Future looks bright for her. It's good. It's good. You know? Stay strong. Stay to your roots. But, yes. like, you know, continue to grow. As we wrap up the show, we get to one of our favorite moments. It is this week in hip hop history. This week in hip hop history. 
covering the week of April 15th to the 21st. A lot of stuff happened this week in hip-hop history. April 16th in 1984, Run DMC released their hit single, Rockbox. Uh, it's notable, this was the first music video from a rap act he put on rotation on MTV. That is noticeable, because that's like Jackie Robinson coming into like majors. Because black, basically black people were like, oh, MTV, we're taking over this. Yes. And we did. Because like Michael Jackson did Billie Jean, that right. got put in rotation probably like the year before. And now, and I'm I'm a little old enough to remember, I'm sure you are, that rap for a second, well, you remember when rap was like a novelty, like when it was kind of oh, like, yeah. oh, this is like real music and stuff. Oh, absolutely. So the fact that it went from this kind of underground thing and became undeniable Run DMC. Yo, MC, yes, and then, because they were like rock stars. So yeah. when they put this song on there, it was like it legitimized hip hop. Absolutely. Way. So this is absolutely. this is yeah. not something that a lot of people know, but know that Rockbox was the first rap video on rotation on MTV. Also, MTV at the time played music videos, and that was a big deal. Now they yeah. now they show crappy sequels. Some of y'all don't remember that. Yeah. that they actually did play actual music videos, full feature. It'd be a debut, and you'd be like waiting around, being like, oh. That new beat you gave me. So yeah, MTV at one time was that was it was iconic. It was huge. This was a big, big stepping stone for hip hop. In 2002, Nelly, one of the big sellers of hip hop in the 2000s, released the single "Hot in Here." Hot in her. Which hot in her. Hot in hot in hot here. Hot in her. her. Hot and hot and her. Do the Ray Lewis dance? Yes, absolutely. Uh, It's produced by the Neptunes, Mm -hmm. Chad Hugo and Pharrell Williams, who produced literally every hit song in in the 2000s. And this was one of their biggest hits. Forced to. Uh, It topped the Billboard Top 100 for seven weeks during the summer of 2002. It was a hot summer. Yeah, it was unacceptable. I think that's why. It was like, this is so hot, I want to take my clothes off. Right, and people did a lot. Yes. Uh, The song earned Nelly a win for the first ever. Grammy for Best Male Rap Solo Performance, which also beat out notable competition, Eminem, Without Me, Jay-Z, Song Cry, Ludacris, Roll Out, and Mystical, Bouncing Back. Uh, it should be noted that even though this was the first time the Grammys gave out a Grammy for Best Male Rap Solo Performance, it was not broadcast on TV hmm. in 2002. should also be noted that Mystical did not bounce back. No. no. Well, because of the assaults. Because of the assaults, yeah. Uh, I, out of all those songs, do you think Nelly was the, the best song in that group? I don't know, man. Song Cry is pretty dope. I think Song... I, I mean, I love... I, I love all these songs. But, I really like, do. Song, roll out. Song, like, song Cry is the best song. Right, it is. But, like, roll out. Roll out. Dun, 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 stop that. Like, like Song Cry. I mean, that, that made me cry. Yeah. But it, this is proof. My popularity is popularity. We know what that is. Yeah. Come on. All right, so moving on to April 19th, Jesus Christ. April 19th, 1994, Nas releases his landmark debut album, Illmatic. I mean, this is considered to be one of, if not the greatest hip-hop album of all time. Still holds up? Yeah, it it was groundbreaking at the time, and... The feature production from Large Professor, Pete Rock, L.E.S., Q-Tip, DJ Premier. And I remember at the time, every, like rappers kind of stuck with one producer for the entire thing. So the fact that Nas was able to be like, oh, I want to do this producer, this producer, this producer. Yeah. And sometimes that leads to an uneven album because the sound is a little different. 
but it just all the stars came together on this one. Some hit songs. Halftime, It Ain't Hard to Tell, Life's a Bitch, The World is Yours, One Love. God, so, like, you can go through the entire... I saw a ranking someone did of all the songs on Illmatic, and my two favorite ones were on the bottom yeah. of the ranking. So what would you say is your favorite or a couple of your no, favorites? One Love's yeah. probably, one love's probably it for me. Um, it's funny, too, because, like, um, this was, like, one of those... It was, it was like, you couldn't... You couldn't be anywhere and not notice like this song. I don't know, maybe for me because I'm I grew up in like you know PG County, and like I remember like The Wiz and like Sam Goody and like everything like the music that I heard like Nas was like nonstop, and it was just like I I knew at the time in the '90s that this was like a pivotal album that was like oh man this is something to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that like and even still like I said it holds up. It's something where you should. You should always try to listen to Nas in a regular rotation. And there's Nas has been rightfully so considered to be one of the greatest, not the greatest rapper of all time. And there's some people who like to be sort of negative and be like, oh, he only has one good album, and it was Illmatic. And it was also a point driven through with the Jay-Z-Nas beef where Jay-Z was basically like, oh, you had one hot album, that was it. But let's say hypothetically he only had one good album, and this is it. It automatically put him to all-time great status. That's the thing about it, is that it's, it's, you could say greatest if there was several Illmatics that came out in a way. Although some people still say, you know I mean, I don't think... If, you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if he had multiple ones, yes, you could say this. However, he has this one, but it's like, if the one you have is like this, okay, fine. Yeah. A lot of people will take Illmatic as their only thing. Yeah. You know, not just the one I wonder, like, as in, like, if you could come in and be like, change the game, cool, got, yeah. Rimbo forever. So, just, I'm um, fine with it. Yeah. Unbelievable. I would say two of my favorite songs on there, and this is with the rank lowest, uh, Represent, uh, uh, and Ain't Hard to Tell. I love the Human Nature sample on it, and just, just good. I enjoy it a lot. Uh, so yeah, check out that album if you haven't. But if you're listening to this podcast, you definitely should. So I don't know yeah, why you, you should. Uh, closing out this week in hip hop history, April twentieth, Murder Mace was one of the biggest stars in in the late 1990s with Puffy. On the rise, man. yeah, yeah, he was huge. It was like basically after Big Dive. Well, even when Big was still around, like Mace and Puffy and the whole Bad Boy sound, the shiny suit rappers. Like he this was, is the days of Puffy Coats and like uh, Mirror Tunnels. So exactly, yeah, the Hype Williams videos. Yeah. So he was on, he was sitting on top of the world. He was literally sitting on top of the world. With Brandy. On top of the world. On top top of the the world. world. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was about two weeks away from the release of his sophomore album, Double Up. He was being interviewed on Hot 97 by Funkmaster Flex. And he shocked everyone by saying that he was going to retire from music. And why did he retire from music? He said due to religious reasons. And then he did join the ministry and became a pastor. Mm-hmm. So it sounded like that was... There's always speculation about, like, there was stuff with him and Puffy at the time that he kind of... People joke around, like, oh, like, when you're with Puffy, who's the devil, you sort of see that and you have to turn to God. So... Yeah, all that sounds absolutely accurate. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, number one, I'm tired of having to cover up these damn murders. Yes. And I don't want to go to jail like some other people have gone to jail. And... We, I've seen, like, literally fire pour out of his ears. And so... Puffy also hasn't really taken care of a lot of his artists. No. No. Um, No, I would say he hasn't. But, Mace did return from the ministry five years later 
with the album Welcome Back. He had Welcome Back, Breathe, Stretch, Shake, which was, I enjoyed that song in college. It was a lot. But he never quite recaptured even the after, Mace glory Even of the after uh, joining um, G 50 Cent and G-Unit, which is one of the most, like, huh. That was so odd. Moments of hip-hop. <laughs> because you're like, Preacher, Mace, is joining G-Unit. And it's all kinds of confusing yeah. up in here. The most gangster rappers in the game right now. <laughs> and Mace is like, oh, let me step off the pulpit for a second and join up with these guys. Yeah. Maybe he felt the need to like reach out and show them the way. But I felt like he was becoming more 50 in that. 50 God bless. So that wraps up this week in hip hop history. That wraps up the show. Yeah, that's wraps pretty up the wraps show. up the show, man. Yeah. Man, we were all over the place today in terms of how high yeah. to... To Illmatic, we, we went from zero to a hundred. Right. The, we tire, the entire gamut was covered. Yes. Check out D-Ray Davis and How High 2. <laughs> literally zoom ahead to his scenes without context and enjoy yourself. Yes. All right. So that does it for us. Uh, we are excited to say that we are now on all platforms. All platforms, all yeah. All platforms. Yeah, you know, the... Uh... You know, got got approved on the old uh, tunes. Yeah, iTunes uh, decided uh, they wanted to get on the wave. Yeah, they started hearing Smart what move. was going on about us. They're exactly. like, yo, we, we caught that uh, that Nipsey uh, episode y'all did, and it was fire. Yes. And we want to put y'all on blast. Yes. And so I said, we're good to go. So now we're on everything. You can search us on all of your podcast apps. Uh, we should be getting on Spotify for now on there, but we are on iTunes, Pod, Stitcher, Podcast, blah, 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 Yes, uh, I was actually listening to Baltimore Club music the other day. Oh, did the police stop you? Violent gunshots coming out of your car? So that does it for us. I am Vince Eustace. I'm Lonnie Finley. So just chill to the next episode. This is gold.
This is Hip Hop and Movie News, the podcast. I am Vince Eustace. I'm Lonnie Finley. With us again is producer extraordinaire, cooler than a Frigidaire, Patrick Pierre. Oh, look at that. Yeah, I'm just going to throw some.